Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free. How much better does it get? Second, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Third, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever your audience is tuning in, your podcast will be there. Fourth, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Look at us. We have less than 100 listeners per episode, yet we still make money on ads. Granted, it's not a lot, but we still make money. And finally, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. That's anchor, the thing you throw off your boat, .fm to get started. Jack Fitzpatrick here. We're going to do a deep dive uh, to JMU's track and field program today. No, yep, uh, let's go. We're, Perfect. We're talking mostly football, I would guess. I would I would verge out and say primarily only football. Yeah, we might well, we might do a quick end of uh, end of thing Olympic sports around the world. Yeah, kind of thing. around the world of Olympic sports. But I think we missed last week because JMU was coming off another postponement. And then we're heading into the William & Mary game. But we just kind of wanted a week off last week. This week, we feel like there's enough content to discuss football at a more in-depth um, more in-depth analysis we can give it. Because before it was, what, Elon, Robert Morris, and Moorhead State, and then a two-week break. But now we kind of see where this team is. They scored what on their first four possessions after missing the first missing two weeks in a row, showed no signs of rust and absolutely blew the doors off of William and Mary, a team that I thought had a chance to kind of give JMU a run for their money. JMU was down a bunch of starters. I thought William and Mary was going to be at full strength. Little did I know that their number one running back and Hollis Mathis, their quarterback that I really like, both missed the game due to injuries and JMU just clobbered them. Very important to note that they were also without the two like key components of their offense. Obviously, they gave up 38 points, and Jamie was the dominant team, but I think it certainly could have been more competitive, especially early. Isn't it hilarious that – I mean, granted, they were down what? Percy didn't play. Um, Percy Michael didn't Palmer, play. Solomon Van Horst didn't. Like, yeah. Practically the whole stable of running backs were out, except for Juwan Hamilton and then Kalon Black had himself a day. But it's funny that as like JMU fans were like, Gage isn't going? Oh no. Like as JMU fans, we had like soured on Cole Johnson so much that the starter of the first four games of the season was coming into this game as the starter. And we had been promised Gage and we were like, this is it. This is terrible. Right. He had basically been, Cole Johnson had basically been the guy you mentioned those first three games and (laughs) he was the starting quarterback. So Maybe a little bit too much panic, but after the way he left the Elon game, yeah, I understand <laughs> he, he played his best game of the season, which I think was maybe a little unexpected, but 16 to 22, 220 yards, one touchdown and no interception. So he, he managed the game, which is all you really need to do if you're Jamie quarterback this spring. Here's the thing. 
was that Colt Johnson's best game as a JMU Duke? The spot start he had, like as a freshman, I think it was a freshman against Elon. He was pretty great in that game. I think he threw for like two seventy five, and like he was he was legit. <laughs> so I'll give him that one. But this one, his best one in a very long time. This is his first game that I remember in a long time. He didn't throw an interception. Mm-hmm. But yeah, th- I mean, it was a perfect way to to step in. And your boy Kyle Adams got some play. <laughs> My boy, yeah, Kyle <laughs> Adams got in there. He ran for 19 yards. I'm gonna be honest with you, Jack. I didn't watch a second of this game. <laughs> I didn't go back and watch any of this game. <laughs> I watched I the highlights. I watched I mean, the highlights. I don't even think I watched the highlight. I couldn't even tell you what any of the plays looked like. So we're. <laughs> We're <laughs> very good to come in here and analyze this, having not seen it. It's you know Saturday in the spring, man. I got stuff going on, so it's it's hard for me. Saturday to watch in March Madness. Yeah, it's impossible. <laughs> so I oh I probably could have. I don't know what I was doing. You were covering a baseball covering game. Baseball, and I just didn't want to watch. So I I stat watched. They were up like by the time I got to baseball and got all settled, I think they were already up twenty-one nothing. I was like, all right, this isn't. Well, yeah, because they scored the first half. I think. They went into the break with some huge lead, and then after halftime, things kind of slowed down for them. But, yeah, they they had 28 points in the first half and then 10 in the third quarter and then zero in the fourth. But, like – Cruise control. It, 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 is it too crazy to say that JMU, JMU's running backs, top to bottom, are all starters on other FCS programs? I think you can get pretty close to – well, yeah, I mean, if you go the whole FCS, yeah. Because you, you get some bottom of the barrel teams. Yeah, I'm talking like, Pioneer League. Like I mean, I think, you know, I think some of the receivers could start at running back in at some of these conferences. So there's that. But yeah, I mean, I, you look at like Kalon Black, the freshman's really good. Uh Juwan Hamilton's good. Austin Douglas got some run in this one. He was productive. I mean, Ariel Kelly had a carry, Alex Miller, the holder, Kyle Adams. I mean, they pretty much everyone on the team carried the ball and everyone gained yardage which i thought was was interesting um so they did a a heck of a job they have a lot of running backs you're what but they did, didn't have their arguably the three best well i don't know juan hamilton i think is probably in that mix but three of the four you know, of the text the text i sent you earlier i'm a big juan hamilton believer no i yeah i mean they were juan hamilton was their only like yeah not I don't want to say real back was their only consistent back they had because Latrell Van Horse and Percy were all out. Yeah, and for them to still rush for 240 yards and four touchdowns, five yards of carry was pretty darn good. And I think those numbers, like if that happens in a normal week, not really a normal week, but in previous weeks, we would have been like, oh, need more from the running game, and that's because the passing game had been so bad. Like if you can have the quarterback throw for 200 yards and not turn it over, and then the rushing game gets you 200 anything. Like you're in a great spot. I think the key with what you just said there is not turn it over. Because you could throw for 150, 125 yards as the quarterback, I feel like. And with this JMU run game, I feel like we're a broken record where we say this every week. But if you just manage the game quite literally and get a, get 100 yards or something and just don't turn it over, that's the biggest part. Like you're going to be in positions where you're blowing the other team out. But – yeah, you'll still definitely have a chance to win, but it's going to be uglier. Like it, the fact that he was able to actually complete passes and like open up the field. <laughs> yeah, having not seen this, um, was was something that was big. But from like what I read and all those things, like him completing passes, being efficient, they got uh, Chris Thornton involved, and then was it Antoine Wells Jr. had a great game. Yeah, he's been and really good for them. 
Clayton Cheatham does what Clayton Cheatham does, adds yet another reception touchdown to his list. I just want to I just want to throw this out there. His career, career statistics. He has 22 receptions and six touchdowns. Like I feel like that's a pretty good like breakdown. His freshman year, he had four touchdowns on eight catches. Like he's a touchdown machine. <laughs> he's a touchdown machine. It's, it's what he does. Did that even update with the that's updated after this weekend? Does that have his his touchdown? Sometimes they're slow on career. Yeah, they they, they I, I'm 99 sure that was updated. Okay, I'm going in and checking again just so for all of our listeners because I, I can't remember looking at it if he had six or seven. Moment of truth. Bum, 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 bum. He had one. Re- yeah, 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 yeah. So that's six. He's caught a touchdown in, what is it, three different seasons? Yep. He didn't catch a touchdown in 2018. Gotcha. Yeah, he battled injury for a while, and now to have him back and healthy is is good. But, hey, they played well. They won a game. I was excited about it. Um, but they've got a significantly tougher test coming up. Yeah, I mean, what, number 15 in the country? Number 15, Richmond, yeah. I don't think we've seen a ranked Richmond squad come into Harrisonburg in about three years. Ever since Kyle Lawletta left, it seems like they've been kind of doing their best to tread water is the nicest way to put it. I mean, I think Jamie's probably outscored them 200 to 50 over the last three meetings. But now they bring in Joe Mancuso, who's been the quarterback, but I think he's finally grown into a capable starter in the CAA. He's, I think, fifth. He's fourth in pass efficiency in the CAA but he leads the league in passing average per game and total offense. He's a quarterback that can throw it around really well. He can run it too, which is something that has kind of been a thorn in the side of JMU. I mean, we all remember the national championship game where Trey Lance had himself a day. I was expecting Hollis Mathis to kind of have himself a day with William and Mary, but he didn't play. But even Elon's third string quarterback who had some mobility kind of gave JMU some issues early on in that game. They figured it out in the second half. But, I mean, it, it's been a common thread. Jamie kind of struggles to, to contain mobile quarterbacks. And Joe Mancuso is a good passer for CAA standards and is a good runner for CAA quarterback standards. So what do you expect from the defense of JMU to try and slow down Mancuso? And yeah, I mean, they've got – Richmond also has a really good running back. Yeah, Richmond's a good team. They're going to have to play – Solid football. I think the thing that stands out to me just looking at Mancuso, he hasn't thrown an interception this year. They've only played three games, but he hasn't thrown an interception. Also, he, the, the three games are William and Mary, Elon and Elon. Like, yeah, because that in, is that is a grain of salt that I think we all have to understand with this Richmond team. But it is also the same grain of salt that you can hand to JMU having oh, played one hundred the exact same teams. Because <laughs> hey, it's the we're stupid, number one, the CA South man. God. <laughs> That's something else. So they obviously haven't played anyone, but like you were saying, they haven't even played a non-conference game. So we don't, you know, they haven't gone up against a Robert Morris team. I don't think Robert, this is a complete aside. I don't think Robert Morris has played since losing to JMU. I was looking that up the other day. I was was like, I think they're probably doing well in the big South. And I was like, they haven't played a game. (laughs) So (laughs) I don't know what's happening with that. But anyway, Mancuso, no interceptions. They have not. Their next game is April 3rd. Yeah. Yeah, Fingers crossed. They might not actually play that game. They might never play that game. (laughs) <laughs> but um, he hasn't he hasn't thrown an interception. He's not like going to kill you through the air, right? He's he's not someone who throws for a million yards or anything like that. But no, but he, he throws for the... 194 yards a game, which is really is, is solid. 
Yes, he's like he does not shoot them in the foot, which is kind of important. And then you were saying, I mean, he runs the ball. He's got at least 48 rushing yards in all three games. He has a run of at least 20 yards in every game this year. I haven't looked too detailed into like how much sacks have potentially taken off those rushing totals. Like the guy's a productive rusher. He doesn't make a ton of mistakes. That's dangerous for JMU because they haven't been, I mean, they've been pretty good defensively, but they haven't been great at times and historically. Um, I don't, Mancuso's not Trey Lance, but he, he, you know, they've, they've burned him a little bit with rushing quarterbacks. Richmond cares about this game. Yeah, they'll have a chance. And, and this is a game I feel like we need to note that it's, I mean, I can't wrap my head around how the CAA is doing these tiebreakers now because it makes well, absolutely no sense. I guess we'll talk about that. <laughs> but before we get into that, this game is a playoff game. I mean, yes. in all honesty, I, I'm fairly certain Delaware is going to win out in the North. They look like a very good team. And their schedule, I, I don't think they have – I think they have – They barely Delaware. have to play now. <laughs> they were supposed to play Albany this weekend. Yeah, but then Albany is now breaking news 30, 40 minutes ago, if you saw it on yeah. Jamie Sports News Twitter. Shout out Bennett for getting that up there. Albany has hopped it out of the rest of the spring season. So Delaware has a no – I mean – Do you want to know the rest of their schedule? Yeah, I think Villanova's on there, right? Villanova, the 17th, assuming that game happens. Um, and then before that, so they don't play now this week. I would be shocked if they, like, moved a game up to Saturday because that would be really dumb. Um, so then they're playing Delaware State on the 10th and then Villanova on the 17th. Delaware State? And Delaware State. Can I get those, in, those uh, in-state products on the schedule? You know. But, I mean, at the end of the day, Delaware – I, we'll see how good Villanova is, but I think they're one and one right now, and they're not as great as we thought. Yeah, um, yeah. That this game, so what I was saying, this game is essentially a playoff game because if Richmond wins this, I think Chase Kitty tweeted this. If Richmond wins this game, there's they have no reason to reschedule the the postponed game from a week or two weeks ago. Like they're gonna yes. drag their feet in rescheduling that, and then I don't think they'll they will <laughs> exactly. Like, and then they'll play William and Mary one more time if that game's not postponed, and then you're looking at them being four and zero. No, you're looking at them being. I'm trying to do all the math in my head without looking at the yeah, websites. Yeah, they'd be four and zero unless they play William and Mary, then you get to five. And then JMU sitting at three and one or four and one, and then they're not even in the running for the auto bid. And then you're looking at a resume of close win over Robert Morris, close win over an, a, a bad Elon team, a good win against William and Mary, a ranked loss, and then you'd probably end with a good win over Elon or William and Mary, whoever it is. Yeah, it's, it's Elon right now on the 10th. I think that the same thing is true of JMU. If JMU beats Richmond, they're not rescheduling that game. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah. think. I don't think they that, would. That's a, that's a really good point. This is the game. <laughs> Yeah, I think they're, both teams are going to try to play this one. It's, it's more or less a playoff game. If you're JMU, then you play at home against Elon. And I would just say stop playing after that. Give yourself a bye week going into the playoffs. Basically. Yeah, I think it is a bye week then. I don't know, man. It's all kind of a, a joke. It's an important game. It's at Richmond, Saturday at noon. It's going to be a test for sure. I don't know. I mean, the spring season is kind of a joke. But for them to bounce back, I think, brought a lot of JMU fans, myself included, having not watched it, a little bit back in. Just like, oh, okay, like there's what they can do. There's what they're able to do. But it's an important game. It's a playoff game. Do you think they should go with Cole now that he had a good game? Do they go back to Gage? How are they going to handle that? Thank you so much for bringing this up. 
No idea. I have er, no <laughs> – I mean, you look at it. Gage has had, what, two good possessions this season? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I know Cole was really bad, and, and it, it, there was, like, this breath of fresh air when Gage came in, and then we were all excited – that he was going to be the starter and then COVID protocols, he gets con or, or whatever happened with him. I assume contact traced out of the game. Cole looked bad against Moorhead state. He didn't look good against Robert Morris. He looked bad against Elon. He looked good against William and Mary, <laughs> but then it, it, it's just such a tough question. Cause like, do you ride that hot hand? What an emotional roller coaster Cole has been on. Do you bench him again? Like, I'm going to say keep Cole. What do you say? I'm playing them both. <laughs> I would 100% give them both legitimate action. I would not be shocked if he did this. Spring season is pretty much a joke. You have That's no idea true. if your team's going to get COVID and get knocked out. He's like a 73rd year senior. I'm definitely playing him. I'm still playing Gage. Like, I would just play them both and see what the heck happens. And if one of them's, like, clearly better, like, you both give them a couple early possessions, maybe you roll with that guy. If they're both good and you blow out Richmond playing two quarterbacks, like, <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> now, realistically, they probably want one guy. You would probably want one guy going into the postseason where it's like, all right, this is our yes. starting quarterback. <laughs> if you're doing that, you, I would think you would have to go with Gage. But, again, I don't know how much he has or has not practiced or what he's been able to do. I'm playing both against Richmond and then <laughs> and then figure it out from there. Fuck it. Yes. Yes. That's my, my move. But the th it's just such a crazy thing. Cause like you said, he's a 88th year senior and he was given the starting job to start the season. And there was high hopes around him. And then he crashes and burns the first three weeks of the season, gets benched, and then COVID cancels two straight weeks of games. And then the starting quarterback is out, and you just got benched, but now you have to play, and each game's a playoff game at this point. It makes no sense. It doesn't. I mean, I think Gage is probably more talented, but I think the way it worked was, like, kind of perfect for Cole, where after struggling at least, where – they don't play for a couple weeks. He has time to just like gather his thoughts or whatever he's able to do. Just sit in his and apartment room and just sit and gather his <laughs> But then he plays against William and Mary and like, there's no pressure. Like you're the guy today. Like you could stink. Gage isn't even here. Kyle Adams is probably not coming in to save the day. Like whatever happens, happens, man. Like we're down a bunch of people. The expectations are lowered. I think, he was probably just free and like, I was oh, going to say, right, do you like, think that had it? Like, do you think the fact that he knew it was him and only him, like huge, maybe it was like a Tua Tua situation with Ryan Fitzpatrick behind him or like Tua is always <laughs> looking over his shoulder. You think Cole was always like, when's Gage coming in? When's coach going to put Gage in? I think he was definitely a bit worried the way he was playing and then to come in and have them like lean on him. And then he started off pretty well and they scored, got, they're up 21, nothing pretty darn quick. Fake. I did see yeah. the I did see the fake field goal highlight, so I, I'm lying when I say I've seen nothing. But uh, they ran that, which was cool. Got up big, and he played well. He just managed the game, did what he needed to do, and I don't know. I I play them both, just see what happens. That's what I kind of wanted him to do at the beginning of the season. Not a full two quarterback system, but like you wanted the wildcat gauge system, which I still think is good. I mean, like a power thing. Like you got like Palmer and, and Gage back there. I don't. I'm not. If I'm a linebacker, which I would be a very undersized linebacker, I'm turning the other way, man. <laughs>
but I have no idea. I agree with you. I have, I have absolutely no idea what they're going to do. And then of course, Signe was asked, he's like, you know, we'll have to figure it out. We'll have to play one of them. It was like, all right. The question, <laughs> the, the quote he gave was so terrible too. He was just like, well, both guys are liked in the locker room and they're both really good guys and just good players. <laughs> and there's no, what was the word he used? There's no um, controversy. There's no controversy there. And it's like, that's not the controversy we were worried about as fans who want to <laughs> yeah. see you win. I'm not like, who, who do they rally around? No, it was like, yeah. who are you going to play? That's the <laughs> controversy. But um, maybe he'll play both. Maybe he'll play none. Maybe it'll be a Kyle Adams situation. It also didn't sound like he was 100% sure Gage was going to be able to go. That would be important also. So like, It sounded like he was like, if I have both. Because they – Percy traveled with the team, I had read. Okay. To so William and just, Mary. Wow. To William and Mary. But he had come back from, I believe, proto- COVID protocols on, like, Friday. And seeing that he was like, yeah, I'm not going to, like <laughs> – I'm not going to have you come back from that and then, like, get beat up in a game. So he, I think he'll be back at least – I imagine they'll get a decent amount back because you've got, you know, a week between games. You think a lot of these protocols are going. They've had the virus issues for a while. So you imagine guys would kind of filter back in. We'll see what happens. I don't know. It's going to be weird. Signetti maybe doesn't know. He also certainly won't give anything away that Richmond could read or see and and know who they're playing. They now have to prepare basically for two quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's the smart thing to do if you're a coach and you yeah. are in that situation. 100% do not tell the media. It's also funny he made other he, he had another quote where he was like, I stopped being the social distance coordinator and started being a coach. And he said that like that was some huge like thing. And I don't think anyone pointed out that like, coach, you didn't do a good job of being the <laughs> coordinator though. <laughs> Your team was out for two weeks because of contact trace. Like, like it wasn't COVID that wiped out the team, it was contact tracing. Because yeah, there's social pretty, distance coordinate well. There's pretty extensive. I mean, it's it's hard when you're playing a contact sport. But, yeah, I mean, I think at this point, it sounded like he was just like, let's just, like, play football like we would. And, like, that will make them better at football. And we'll just do that and play football. And it was like, I mean, you've already had a massive outbreak. So, yeah, like, whatever. Just go out there and play. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. So, we'll see what ends up happening with all of it i mean i guess in the positive it sounded like almost all of them from what he was saying were like asymptomatic or, or very minimal symptoms so i think everyone's pretty healthy and obviously they'll monitor them to make sure that they continue to stay healthy but from that perspective if it's you know minor infections they're able to stay healthy and keep an eye on their long-term health and things like that well you just got a lot of people that are going to have antibodies like i mean it is the herd immunity thing that like sounds horrible but like that's kind of what teams are doing i know at least the acc if you had it you didn't have to get tested again for 90 days they assume there was at least 90 days of immunity so you got it you got three months clear or you're just gonna just play whatever you're doing so if you go by that logic they'll go through may which is when they (laughs) it's kind of smart i mean that's like the lsu logic you know yeah, LSU has done a great job of how they carry their program in a lot of ways. Uh, <laughs> no, but hopefully everyone's able to, you know, stay healthy and get back and they won't have too many infections and they can play in the playoffs. I have a feeling that my excitement will come back to the playoffs. I do too. I, I have a feeling after Monday, my excitement will be back. If we lose, I'm done though. If we lose, we're out of the playoffs. Yeah, like, well, that's why I keep no, saying the playoffs. There's you could lose no this game. Con- 
there's no conceivable way, and I, I imagine Jamie fans are going to be in our mentions upset about what I'm about to say. There's no conceivable way that this JMU team with one loss can get in. I can maybe though. No, the committee is bad. But if if Delaware wins out and they get the automatic bid, that would be the Richmond's issue. Then you'd have to get three of us, three CA teams in. Yeah, that would be the concern. And and it would be hard to do. Yeah, it could right. happen. It could happen. If it's if we lose by like one in overtime, maybe. That's literally impossible. Actually, that's not impossible in this point. Never mind. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if it if it does happen or whatever. Hopefully, they just win. That would be yeah. yeah. That would be ideal. If they can win, and then we can make it through the national championship in basketball, I will be all in on the team, and I will. Here's a, yeah, that's that's true. Because then there will be kind of a lull. Interesting. Anyway, I was going to say that uh, I think they're going to play not that well this weekend. Really? Yeah, I think that they like they maybe though maybe they'll build on it. Like that's what I'm hoping. There's like 40 percent of me that's like, yep, they'll build on this, and then there's a 60 percent that's like, they had no pressure on them. They played a William Mary team that was down like its two best players, and they just came out firing. We're up a bunch early, cruised to a win, and they were feeling great. And now they have to come back and bounce back, work people back into the mix, and play a team that's significantly better on the road again. I think it'll be a challenge. Um, so I, I don't have the same – like, I don't think it'll be a blowout. I think Richmond's going to have a legitimate chance to win. I could be very wrong because I've, I've thought that a lot about the power programs. I'm like, wow, North Dakota State, look out this week. And then they, like, beat North Dakota by a lot. And I was yeah. like, oh. So at the same time, don't ever doubt the, like, three power programs. It's it's also the point – I mean, we saw it against Moorhead State where you're hyped up to start your season again. Right. They go out and just – obliterate them to start the game and then Robert Morris and then Elon you have these really slow starts and it takes until the second half to to get anything going and then again coming out of the pause you're so hyped up like there isn't any extra motivation that needs to be given to the guys because they just want to get out there and play and coming out of these pauses coming out of the the season the, the off season they're they're firing off the blocks they're getting these big big time wins these awesome starts it is going to be key to not have a slow start because against Richmond, I don't think if they're down 11 points going into the fourth quarter, they're winning the game. Like if, if they have a Robert Morris or Elon showing, they are not winning this game and, and it might get ugly. Granted, I do think it'll be a little bit better for them. I think this is going to be a very competitive game and it's going to be a, I think it's going to be an old school Richmond game. The types of the 2015s, 2016s, probably 2014s too. Yeah, first ranked test of the season. If they can get through it, it would obviously be a heck of a win. And then you look at the resume and, and three of the five wins, all conference wins, will be on the road. Um, so not that that's all that valuable with, like, no fans and, and CA teams don't ever have fans. But um, yeah. But I think uh, it'll, it'll be valuable to have that on the resume. I think JMU is still – as weird as it is, like, they're still in the mix for their number one seat, I would think. Yeah, well, no, I, it it does sound like we're doomsdayers, doesn't it? Like we're like, if they lose this, they're out of the playoffs. Which I mean, but they are it could be right. It's like you're a one seed, you're not playing in April, late April. It, it because it's so tough with this spring season. Like, it's like I get completely readjusted here. It's so tough with this spring season, and and I feel like this podcast is now kind of divulged into us complaining about the spring season and the weirdness weirdness of it all. 
and I promise we'll eventually get back to analysis here, but <laughs> it's just, I don't get it. Like, well, also it's laid like, out so weird. Yeah. The records are weird. It doesn't make any sense. You've got some limited non-conference stuff. Weaver state pretty clearly a fraud. North Dakota state, pretty clearly a fraud. Sam Houston state, a fraud as per usual. South Dakota state, I think is a fraud. At the end of the day, we're the only team that can win the national title, and it would make sense. I think every single team, I'm going to build off of your fake take, and I'm going to give a real take. <laughs> I think every team this spring season is a fraud in some way. Like, Yes. Like, I think – If North Dakota State loses, I'm not going to be surprised. I would take the field over JMU and North Dakota State in the playoff. That's bold. I think also North Dakota State has COVID. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to point that out that like they're barely even playing and they're gonna like they're supposed to play Northern Iowa and South Dakota State now to end their season on the tenth and seventeenth. And then they would play yeah, they're losing both those. They're not even a playoff team. If they lose one of those, again, I think I think they're in kind of like yeah. a JMU situation where they have to win out. It's just the craziness of the spring season. So limited number of games, your resume is only against your conference, and that's kind of a curse and a blessing. I mean, for the Valley teams, it's a blessing. But for if you're in the CAA, if you're in the CAA North, it's a blessing too. But if you're in the CAA South and your resume is William and Mary Richmond, a ranked Richmond and Elon, like. Gives you a good yeah. chance to be undefeated though. And that undefeated. Well, then we got to talk. Let's say Delaware is undefeated, which seems realistic. JMU's undefeated. You go by conference winning percentage. If they're both undefeated in conference, that's the same winning percentage, obviously. The tiebreakers don't make a ton of sense. Greg Medea is reporting that they might just have a conference call with the athletic directors, not of those teams who will just decide. That sounds – okay, <laughs> I truly do not – okay, if you have the same winning percentage and one of the teams has more wins, doesn't it make sense to then go it, with the team who had more opportunities to lose? At the, yes, at the same time, is it JMU's fault that they only got to play however many games? Yes, because both of the pot, the both of the postponements. Well, also now it's going to be now it's probably going to be a tie though, or maybe even an edge to JMU because they're not playing Albany. Then they have Delaware State, which is non-conference. Then they have Villanova, so they might only get to four and zero. And JMU will only will get to potentially five and zero. I think that's right. Yeah, because they're three and zero now. No, they're two and no, no. They would just tie them before then, right? (laughs) <laughs> yeah they would tie them at four for a jmu podcast sometimes we're really um <laughs> just completely unaware of things that are happening for <laughs> but uh, that's not even a consideration for whatever reason so they're doing winning percentage and then it was talking about originally it was going to be like point scoring margin but only to assert it didn't make any sense the tiebreakers were remarkably dumb so now it just sounds like they're going to go even dumber and be like who do we think and jmu who just takes like you know, flow sports to town and rips on the league all the time. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> now all right. has to hope. <laughs> do we want all the athletic directors come together and they're like, okay, so do you want this this bully or do you want the <laughs> fresh new upstart that had a really good season in the difficult north? And everyone's going to be like, it's not. And and Delaware looks darn good. I don't think it's crazy to think that Delaware could get the auto bid and Jamie could be the one seed. I, didn't we talk Would, about actually this? that would be genius if you're the conference. Well, yes. no, if they're undefeated, they should get in anyway. But I guess just stick Delaware in, give them the automatic thing, which will probably carry a little weight seating-wise, then also give JMU – I don't know how it works. Oh, no. If, 
if, if you're an athletic director, you would have to assume an undefeated JMU team. You would have to, but you would assume both of them are getting in, right? Both like, would get in. I wonder if the committee is dumb enough that they'd be like, wow, Delaware, automatic qualifier. They should be a, a five seed because of that <laughs> instead of like unseeded. <laughs> they might be that dumb. I don't know who's on the committee. We're, you're really trashing the committee today. I think I think people are going to look at the seating and be like, what in the world is this <laughs> on the selection Sunday? I have a feeling we're going to see some really – like I feel like Nichols is going to be like a four seed and Sam Houston is going to be like a three. Hopefully Jamie is one. Wouldn't it be hilarious if they were unranked? <laughs> I mean, they did it before when I thought they were worthy of a seed and then they lost to Colgate, so. Who knows? Okay, so what is, what is JMU? Back to a little bit of analysis before we jump into our CAA yes. weekly pick them. A little bit of analysis. What does JMU have to do to beat Richmond? We've talked about how Mancuso's a really good running back. Aaron Dykes is a good – did I say running back? Mancuso's Mancuso. a great quarterback. Aaron Dykes is a good running back for Richmond. They have a pretty good offense, pretty solid defense. They're competent on both sides of the football. What does JMU – give me three cross keys, keys to the game. You're going to have to score more than Richmond. That's the one that every time I look at this game, that stands out. No, I'll say whoever the quarterback is, they just have to (laughs) – whoever the quarterback is, don't turn the ball over or turn it over like once. I think that will be important if they can limit turnovers. Second, I think uh, just, you know, do what you do. Pound the rock. So run the ball a bunch, try to limit turnovers. And then defensively, they need to just not get gashed in the, like, first half. That's that's kind of the thing. Like if they can – lead at halftime or or be in the game after a quarter or whatever i think jamie typically gets stronger as the game goes on uh, especially with that running attack and they've kind of shown that this year so i think if the if the defense doesn't have to like make all these crazy adjustments and after getting burned early i think they'll be good so i want to you know run the ball i think if they run the ball well don't turn it over and then a fast start seems paramount for this team yeah i can agree with that i think another huge key is containing the QB like I just think back to the first half of the Elon game when I think his name was J.R. Martin had a little bit of mobility and was just maneuvering around and the defensive line just couldn't get there and Mancuso was a lot better than a third string quarterback at Elon Mancuso's an NFL kid you were saying earlier off air I don't think I was. I think that was you. I think you were the one that said we have six NFL caliber quarterbacks in the CAA right now, which is blatantly Four of which are on Jamie's roster. I hate you. One of which is Latrell Palmer, Wildcat quarterback. But, yeah, Mancuso, what, is has a 138 rating. He's a good player. 68% of his passes, thrown for 500, almost 600 yards in three games. But he's experienced, too. Yeah, he's I been around the block. Senior? Yeah, yeah, he's been around a while. He's a team captain. He's a guy who I'm assuming has never. No, I guess no. He wouldn't. Yeah, he's probably never beaten JMU. No, he's never. Yeah, so I mean that's got to be on his mind. It's something he wants to do. I mean he's been he's shown flashes in previous seasons. It seems like he's sort of become more consistent now, and it's just limiting those mistakes and doing a nice job. But I mean, like last year or 2019 ran for 10 touchdowns, most of any CA quarterback, like he can play. Yeah. And you're saying it, he limits his, 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 his mistakes. JMU lives and dies with the inner, especially with the secondary this season lives and dies by forcing turnovers. And if they can't get an extra possession here or there, it's going to be imperative 
that whoever is the quarterback and really whoever's the running back doesn't make stupid turnover decisions. Like, cause they're not going to get that back. Like I, at the end of the day, if you turn the ball over, you're probably going to lose the turnover battle because you're not going to, that, that was a really stupid thing for me to say, because, of course, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like they're not going to turn it over back to you. So if you get a, yeah, I'm just, it's not one of those games where you can like turn it over realistically, turn it over two or three times and still expect to force two or three. So it's one, it's like, like you're saying, so you gotta, you gotta limit them because yeah, Richmond has a veteran quarterback. They've got a good running back. They don't make a ton of, of dumb mistakes. So if you're making them, they'll go out and beat you and they want to make the playoffs too, right? This is a proud program that wants to have some success. They're used to having competitive games and beating Jamie in the past. So they're going to come out there expecting to win and playing with an opportunity to win. They're at home, Bridgeforth East, I think, as Bridgeforth West, East, I don't know. West. East. East. <laughs> People talk about. So go in there and, and hopefully find a way to pick up a ranked victory and, you know, shut the national people up. Sam Herter, we're looking at you going against our resume. <laughs> our resume does suck, though. Okay, time for the CAA weekly pick em. It's the time of the episode that everyone loves. You ready? I'm very ready. Let's do it. You're nine and four. I'm seven and six. Shocker. Um, Last week I didn't publish the uh, picks, but last week Ben and I had all the same picks except he picked JMU and I picked William and Mary. Ooh. Serves me right for fading the Dukes. This week we got Maine hosting Villanova. Villanova is back after – I think two weeks of no games and Maine is coming off of a bye week after getting thrashed by Delaware in week one, Maine has slowly rattled off a few wins and they're looking pretty solid. Granted the wins were against Albany and Stony Brook. Who do you got? I mean, would anyone be surprised if both these teams just met up and shook hands? We're like, you know what? We're both opting out of the spring. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I wouldn't be. It's in Maine, so that's interesting to me. Villanova has not been overly impressive. I don't remember who has had the COVID pauses or who hasn't. I think New Hampshire had the COVID pause. Yeah. That that kept them. Ah, gosh. Ah, I'll say Villanova. I'll take Villanova. I like it. Um, see, this one's tough. It is tough. Because I like <laughs> Villanova. I like – I like Daniel Smith. If you have one of the top QBs in the conference, He's your, an NFL odds, guy. your odds of – I'm going to ignore you. Your odds <laughs> of winning are pretty good. I'm going to go with Villanova as well. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, next up, duh, that's been canceled. JMU <laughs> Richmond. <laughs> uh, man, I feel like Richmond's actually a trendy play here, kind of a trendy pick. The thing is, every time I think that like a power might struggle – they don't. They always like punch back. You know, South Dakota State's rallied. North Dakota State's rallied. JMU's rallied. I think there's something to be said for having better players than everyone else. <laughs> like and, at the end of the day, JMU has. <laughs> and these programs all have better players. So I think JMU coaches. will. I think it's going to be competitive, but I think JMU will win. 31 to 24. Uh, six OTs. So I think it'll be a shutout going into overtime. And then however the math works on, on that. You think OT? No, I don't actually think OT. But 31-24, I think it'll be competitive. Okay, I could dig that. I'm going JMU. Mm. Um, I'm going to go 24-17. How many overtimes? 15. (laughs) 
Wow. <laughs> All right. Next it's game. Be a up. Game. <laughs> uh, Rhode Island plays host to New Hampshire. New Hampshire has played one game this season. It was the Friday Night Lights opening game of the CAA season where they lost to Albany, who is now. Let this sink in. UNH played a game against Albany. Albany then played out and then opted out of their season all before New Hampshire played another game. So, who do you got? Rhode Island. Who, who are they playing? Rhode Island. Oh, I'll take Rhode Island by a lot. I mean, New Hampshire hasn't played. Rhode Island's looked good. Uh, Rhode Island typically trots out. They use quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, offensive linemen, from what I know about them. They yeah, love – I mean, they'll, all those. they'll put – I don't know if they run 11 personnel, but they'll run 11 guys out there on both sides of the ball and – uh, they just do what they can. So, so I'll take Rhode Island. I worry because looking at everything, I, I wasn't able to watch. I, I mean, I wasn't really able to watch a lot of games last weekend. <laughs> but well, um, this is the best. It was like, we, we aren't well-versed in the subject matter, but here we go. <laughs> Normally, we are. <laughs> No, we do a good job. We do a, we do such a good job. Chad. But we took – I think we just kind of took this last week off, and you can probably kind of tell in this podcast. But this is just a fun one. This is We're just having fun. We're just talking. Spring season. We opted out of watching. <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch this week. I actually – see, here's the thing. Before I make the pick, Rhode Island. I may, I'm picking Rhode Island. Normally, I work Saturday days yeah, like for work. And so, like, I can be watching basketball. I can be doing my work, and then I can have – my, my personal computer set up to the side and I just have like three tabs open of all the games that are happening and I'll just jump exactly. through and, and catch some stuff and, and work and, and, and do all of that. But I was off this Saturday. So of course I'm not going to sit and watch terrible FCS spring football. Including <laughs> <laughs> Jamie. Well said. No, I like terrible. FCS we, we've really trashed on like everything football wise maybe we should just scrap this episode all together <laughs> shoot it to the moon now this is a good one this is good people will enjoy this <laughs> let's hope if you enjoyed it let us know yeah. i do love fcs football don't get me wrong but yes spring, spring has been, yeah it's been particularly bad i think in terms of quality of play it's it's been bad in that quality it's just i can't get into a groove of it like every time i feel like I'm like, okay, this is what's happening this weekend. Albany ops out. JMU's out for two weeks. Like, every time you think something's – you're excited for North Dakota State, South Dakota State in, in yeah. a, a huge game, and then it gets postponed. Like, I mean, you have to – it brings me back to Kim Mulkey, and you have to wonder <laughs> if we could just play these games without testing. Like, the kids would much prefer it. On a quick question, I think you brought it up. You think like her team was just playing with like a bunch of COVID positive? <laughs> yeah. You know like, what? They should just not text you, guys. <laughs> yeah. Just don't test. I think actually everyone's fine. Anyway, we're going home. Classic. Do you see her? The way she was fit. Well, they asked her something else in the post game presser. She had a mask on her face. I don't know if I have one readily available she to. Pulled it re-enact. down to answer the question. Here, it was like I'll reenact it here for our our people who who watch this. But she had it like this, and it was somehow like getting all over her face, kind of like like this. And she was like fiddling with it. And she's like, "What do you think?" <laughs> that was my favorite when she leaned into the mic. She's like, "What do you think?" Write it that way. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, Coach, I'm a reporter. I can't put my opinion in. Yeah. She's it. like, "You don't need a quote from me." It's like that's the exact opposite of what is true. She definitely needs a quote from you. <laughs> 
Sometimes. Was that a foul? Was it a foul or no foul? She got hacked. <laughs> that was a foul. But UConn, look, Paige Beckers is elite. UConn's awesome. I've really enjoyed the women's tournament from what I've been able to watch, and uh, I'm looking forward to the Final Four. Here's my take. Yeah, Baylor's a good team. I hate and don't hate. I hate when it happens against my team, but I don't hate it when it happens against, in just like a good game when the ref swallows their whistle late. Yes. Yeah, like just call it like you normally would if someone gets hacked. Just call it. The let them play thing is always funny. When people are like, final five seconds, just let them, let the players decide it so they get hit someone in the face. Final five seconds. Got to call a foul in that situation, in my opinion. Did she initiate the contact? No, she hit her in the face. I don't know, man. That was a foul. Anyway. Anyway. Baylor blow didn't UConn retake the lead on like a 19 well, or something? Yeah. And she Kim Mulkey decided not to call a timeout during like any of that. So I blame that on Bay. Like like they could have won the game, sure. It's kind of like the JMU Elon debate we had. Like in that well, game, that was the tech hurt, but at the same time you were up. That cost JMU would probably be in the final four if it wasn't for that tech. So that's frustrating. <laughs> oh, we got uh we have to mention while we're on it quickly, Zach Jacobs gonna be in the slam dunk contest Thursday night. Nine o'clock on ESPN two. I've never seen him dunk, so I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I it's it's the dunk three point contest, and <laughs> he's the, asked me that, and he was like, "Is he competing in the dunk?" And I was like, "It, it appears makes more sense dunk. if he was in the three point, though." But he's like a fifteen percent three point shooter. Yeah, but he's like a zero percent dunker. I don't remember him dunking honestly at James. Like he's good, scored in the post, got a lot better. But if you told me like one player from JMU's in the dunk contest, be like, oh, cool, Justin Amati gets to be in the dunk contest. <laughs> and then if they're like, no, no, it's someone else, be like, oh, like Wooden or, or, or uh, not Lewis. Christmas anymore. Yeah, Lewis or uh, Edwards or someone. It's Zach Jacobs. So he's, he's definitely going to throw down like 360, like between the legs. We're going to be like, where was this? I hope so. I hope he just does something completely crazy that we're all like, where was that for four years? It's funny because he was such – come back? He's not coming back. He's such a fundamentally sound player. I would not be surprised if he grabs it, runs up, and just does like a form layup. Just uh. <laughs> not even a dunk. Just like he just does a post move, a little hook, and then runs back on defense. <laughs> anyway, we got. We do we have any picks left? No, that was it. Because then William and Mary Elon has been postponed. There's three games this weekend. That's sickening. I don't think there's been a full weekend. Of games. We picked three games? Yeah, we did. <laughs> There's been one full weekend of games. It's going to be kind of impossible for you to come back given given this schedule. Two-game lead feels monumental. And do we pick the same teams? We did this week. Yeah, you're done. You're done for. <laughs> well, no, because next week we got – next week we have one, two, three, four, five. Sure five. we do. Sure we do. <laughs> yeah, come come Wednesday when there's one game. And then every team in the CA has opted out except JMU and Delaware. <laughs> Wouldn't it be hilarious if that happened? Like that was the end of like after Richmond loses this weekend, Richmond's like, we're done for the season. The best is that like none of these teams, well, they're not going to do a conference title game. Like barely any of the teams are going to want to play on the 17th. I would think they could have just done that instead of this like conference call where the athletic directors are like, what do you like more? But whatever. God forbid. I agree. 
I, I think the fact that they're not doing a conference championship in this type of setup is abysmal to the CAA, abysmal to the players, and the fact that it's being put into the hands of athletic directors is just mind-bogglingly, mind-bogglingly stupid. They probably watched less than we have, so they want what they're talking about. You know, that's not a crazy thing to say, because before this weekend, I was watching at least two CAA games a weekend. Oh, I just got a pet sitter job. Oh, you're a pet sitter now, everyone. If you need a pet sitter and you're in the Charlottesville area, please hit up. Some random person, someone emailed, and they just said, I do pet sitting, and uh, it could be spam, could be an opportunity. So uh, hopefully it is. Do we want to hit the other sports? Real quick hitter. Yeah, hit me with the other sports. I just want to talk about softball. Softball is 11-1, 2-1 in the conference. Undefeated season is gone. Lost 5-4 to four to Elon. Second game of a doubleheader. They won the series, but hurts. I'm not going to lie and say it doesn't hurt. They're supposed to play today against George Washington. They'll catch your window. It's raining. They're not playing today. Called it off because of rain. That's frustrating. Love this team, though. Odyssey Alexander hasn't even played much. I don't know why. I won't speculate because I'm not in the know. Well, didn't she stop playing last season late? She got hurt last season, though. She's been dealing with a, an injury thing. I don't know if this is that or if it's a, uh, you know, the virus. It's unclear, though. But anyway, they've done – Alexis Bermudez has done a nice job. And then Alyssa Humphrey, Jacksonville transfer. Everybody. Hey little Jacksonville shout out. I think she's six and zero. That's probably wrong. She's probably got more wins than that. Let me check. No, she's six and zero. Six and zero in the circle. ERA of one point oh three. That's pretty good. Very good. She's pitched forty and two thirds innings. Leaves the team by a mile. Sixty eight strikeouts. Alyssa Humphrey doesn't mess around. She's got sixty eight strikeouts and forty and two thirds innings. This girl can pitch. She's young. She's young. She's just a freshman from Gainesville, or she went to high school, Gainesville. My can my cannot my canopy Florida. It's <laughs> a hard thing to say. So we'll we'll have to get Alyssa on to to clarify. But she's pretty darn good. They're playing well. Can't can't say much else. Baseball. We got to talk about baseball actually. Well, f- real quick before baseball. Yes. Um, quick shout out to the women's tennis team. Four and zero in conference play. Lost. They've lost only one set all conference play this season. Um, which was against Elon coming up on Friday, April 2nd, they face off with number 47, Charlotte. One um, set. That, is that right? Or what? like one of the, <laughs> they only lost one set. Oh, my fault. Not set. Um, <laughs> match. Oh my God. I was like, Oh my God. They're way better than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> which is still good. I mean, what the seven and no, that's still incredible. They're, they're stacked. Um, but I, I was like, Oh my God, I should have included that in the newsletter. <laughs> I should have included the other part. <laughs> but, yeah, they're just having a really good season, and everything's lining up for them to make a really strong run to the CAA championship and win another and bring home some uh, some more hardware. Heck, yeah. Give me baseball. What's happening with baseball? I haven't even seen, like, JMU tweets about them or anything. Baseball hasn't played a game since the 14th of March. Since our breakdown with Nick Stevens. They were like, so we we're done, guys. <laughs> They had – so they had the Elon series canceled. That was so uh, they're, weird. They were going to play at Elon, then there was a COVID issue. But then Elon was supposed to come to Harrisonburg, and Elon was like, no thanks, we're going to play East <laughs> so, so they just bailed on that series and decided to play East Carolina. I have no idea how that is allowed. But it appears that they just, com- 
completely bailed because JMU was looking for games. It seemed like they they were they, they bailed and JMU was like uh and Elon was like we're playing ECU now ha ha how is <laughs> that allowed you had a scheduled <laughs> game like what a conference game it's trash man I it's sickening but whatever whatever the conference is doing fine you don't want to play us you're scared of us fine did VMI opt out of its season that's what I was about to ask because that, why are they not playing on the 13th that seems the 13th. way whatever it do- <laughs> But now they Whatever's should be happening. playing the, on Friday, the 2nd of April, against College of Charleston for a three-game series. And Allegedly. then after that, UNCW should be coming in for another three-game series. Fingers crossed that happens. Allegedly. First conference games of the year, they need to go out and get some wins. What are they, three and six? Yeah, it's just not what we want from them. Stomach's making crazy. <laughs> Who else we got competing? Uh, I don't know. Lacrosse is playing soccer's out. The soccer's have been playing. Ben soccer's doing a good job. I think they're up to top fifteen in a poll. Lacrosse is four and three. Played Virginia close, but lost. They're playing Liberty Thursday. Probably listening to this. Watch that on ESPN Plus. Swim and dive doing a really good job this season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, and volleyball's been good. Volleyball's been really good. Oh yeah, volleyball's been volleyball's been balling. They've been competing, and they've got – oh, they played the the uh, volleyball championship. Starting Friday, they play Northeastern in the semis, and then championship on Saturday if they can get there. So, got a chance to win a conference crown for Steinbrecher, who just got her uh, 200th career win. Good for her. I, I really love all of the, um, <laughs> the, the athlete and coach Nike apparel. So, if JMU, if you're listening to this, please sell it. <laughs> because that, They're always listening. That was a really nice Nike jacket that Steinbrecher had on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that'd be cool if, if they wanted to – I don't know if Jamie wants to give us free gear or whatever. We're not going to say no. I'll send it. We'll, we'll start talking a little more kindly about some of the teams. If, uh... <laughs> I, don't, I think this was probably, as we finished the ramble on of this episode, I think this was the nicest we've been to JMU sports all season. Normally there's – Really? Basketball we normally are really mean to. Not this year, not with Coach By, Coach Byington. Oh, transfer portal. Keep an eye out on that. Uh, there are a few guys that I like. Every high major caliber guy, I think, would be a huge get. If Jamie could add like three seven footers, a couple of like fifty percent three point shooters, the more pros you have, the better. So, Joel Mensa entered his name into the. Transfer oh yeah, portal, losing kind of Joel Mensa. Um, he you know he got his conference player of the year like we predicted, and now he's moving on to new things. Talk about freezing cold <laughs> of ours. Freezing cold. We're like, this guy is going to be the most dominant big man in the conference. And he couldn't. He didn't play. Well, yeah. When you're seven one, you have at least some expectations <laughs> of being the most dominant big man in a conference whose tallest player is six eight. I mean, Walker Kessler is going to have a chance if he picks correctly. Takes the takes the Dukes. All right. With that being said, thank you guys for listening to this. Um, this interesting episode of the Jamie Sports News podcast. We'll be back. We'll actually watch games this week. We'll be back next week. We'll have some good. <laughs> we'll have good analysis. Please don't leave us. Um, it's the spring. We're tired. We'll actually watch games this week. Needs to be your poll quote. <laughs> we'll, we'll watch it. I guess <laughs> we have to. I I think it's just crazy how quick I soured on this spring season. Yeah, me too. The NCAA tournament has been a lot of fun. It's hard to have that much space in my life for college sports. 
Yeah, especially that you cover college sports for a living. Yeah, it's like I'm at a game, so then you want me to also stream the NCAA tournament while I'm watching the baseball game and a JV football game? I'm not a lunatic. All right. With all that being said, thank you guys for tuning in. Go ahead and give us a like on Facebook, uh, JMU Sports News in the search bar. You can find us on Twitter at JMU Sports News and find us at our home on the web, jmusportsnews.com. Every week we have the CAA Power Rankings, and you can jump in our mentions and call me stupid for all you want. For Bennett Conlon, my name is Jack. You probably block them. <laughs> and only that one guy who started getting, like, really personal uh, and has very awkward um, – tweets um so for bennett conlin my name is jack fitzpatrick you guys have a wonderful rest of your day see you thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube